Hey, everybody, and welcome in. It's the Poor Man Fantasy Football League podcast. We're the fantasy football show that gives you a peek inside the life and times of our dynasty league. I'm your host, Mike, just back from vacation. And with me, as always, is my wingman for life, both in the movies and at the wing table, is Andrew. Andrew, how you doing? Good, and yourself? Doing good, man. Uh, So we get together on the podcast tonight. You're uh, you're Google meted into the show. And your background is hot wings. That's right. It's just like you're tormenting me because you know I was away on vacation and I got none. I oh, got zero. Oh, I got see, nada. I, f- I figured you'd have had a whole bunch. That's why I put it in the background. To... I had I had zero opportunity to go out for wings. Zero. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, we That's are kind of like alone. your Drum Heller trip where you oh. didn't get your barbecue. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, don't don't get me started with that one. Don't get me started. Okay. Uh, so tonight is Wednesday, July 13th. It is another NFC East Divisional Breakdown. Not another, but it is the yeah. NFC East Divisional Breakdown. And to do that with us, we have our friend all the way from Cali. We have Juan, a.k.a. I want to say South High Tight End Extraordinaire, but I'm going to say Shit Send because it's never going to come out of my mind. That, uh, that, that, <laughs> that Although your trade offers are good. They're really nice, actually. We, we've come to a point in our relationship where... You don't send shit offers. I don't think oh, you I ever don't. have. I, can, I can't think of shit shit offers. I, so. I'm almost for sure in the beginning I probably did, even even yep. for my standards. But I started hey, thinking this, about it more. Yeah, like well, this is what happens when you build relationships with people. Yeah. You get to know them. You understand what they're looking for. And a great segue is someone on the podcast made a trade recently, didn't they, Andrew? Yes, I did. What did you do? Uh, well, I, I didn't... Uh... It came to me. Um, oh, really? Yeah. This totally looked like a you went out and sought this. Like to me, like this, like oh, that's totally an Andrew move. Like that's no, no. He uh, he came to me f- yeah. with uh, an offer, a tight yeah, an offer for a tight e- a tight end for the third round of the twenty twenty third. Yeah. And then I looked at my team, and I've got like four tight ends. I'm like, I don't need another tight end. Okay. So I counter with uh, Paris Campbell, um, swapping out the, the tight end. Yeah, and uh, then he count recountered back saying, "Okay, I'll give you um, the Paris Campbell and the the fourth for the the third." Which okay. Hey, it's not a ba- it, to me. It wasn't a bad deal. No, that's Par- all right, man. Paris Campbell could be an up and coming. There is talk in in the some sub channels that I've been on that Paris Campbell might be the new Devontae Parker. Hmm. Right? He might have that fourth year breakout. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's, I just right now I think he's the number two on the team. Um if memory serves me correct. He's, he's the number he's two. A, he's in a position to receive targets on a team yes. that should be target rich. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So whatever happens, it's going to be better than what he's done. Yeah. So taking a shot, giving up a third, getting a fourth in return. That's really actually, to me, that's a really decent investment because worst case scenario, Paris Campbell turns into nothing. You cut him and you still got a fourth out of, out of, out of, out of the try, right? You took a step back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. Want any uh, any trade talks in in your world that you want to bring to the table? Anything that's that's percolating out there for you? Uh, not really. I think I seen one. I think it was from you. From me? Oh no! 
or was it Donnie? No, I can see I think Donnie. Donnie sent me one, and I missed it. I just can't remember what it was. It was one of those exploding trades. All right, the ones that expire. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I know him. I'll send him like really shitty trades sometimes on purpose just to see what he sends back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. See his alcohol level. Oh yeah. <laughs> well. The good thing about knowing him and knowing his work schedule is I know when to get him. So like, oh, that's right. Yeah. One of the last trades I think we did, I like convinced him early morning for me, late at night for him. I convinced him to go home. So I'm, hey, have some drinks, maybe get a little sleepy, look over <laughs> and send a few offers and see see what you get. And I think that's how we ended up with our last trade that me and him did. Oh, nice. All right. I think it was. I think it was the last trade. Or I think it went back and forth. I don't think it went. Oh no! Yeah, it was the Andrews trade. But I think that was on uh, no fun league. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, that is part of the fun of being in multiple leagues with you guys. Is that we get uh, we get many kicks at the can in making yeah. trades and making them happen. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I do have uh, some news to go over with you guys. Uh, one piece from uh, Andrew that he shared with us, which was actually really neat. I didn't even check this one out until later because I've been traveling through the mountains all day. Is minor trade happened? Nikhil Harry traded to the Bears for a seventh round pick in 2024. So a bag of potato chips was uh, was given up for Nikhil Harry, first round draft pick, uh, first 101 in some of the leagues that we were in when he the year he was actually drafted. He went first overall ahead of I think Josh Jacobs. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm not too sure. I'd love to put it out there to the to the rest of the our league mates. You know, like if somebody came to you with the trade for a trade now. Yep. What would you value him at? A bag of potato chips. You give me a fourth, <laughs> third. Like, hey man, if you give me a third rounder, I'd be like to the moon and back. A fourth rounder, I think maybe might be the right spot. Because um, he still has talent and draft capital, so he's going to get a shot. So he might have hap- something happen, but it's to Chicago See, where and nothing this is, is going to happen. And this is why I put it out there um, the way I did, was your your rating of him, Mike, mm-hmm. was higher than NFL teams. They're only offering a seventh round. You're saying, hey, I, I would, I'd be happy with a fourth. Right? Okay, I'm so, talking like fourth in our rookie. In our rookie yeah. draft, I want a fourth. This is different, right? Because we're cutting out significant amount of content yeah, uh, in like but, defensive players and the whole bit. So yeah. I it's just to me, it just it the 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 way the league valued this guy is not has dropped so bad. Yep. Um and it's it's too bad because yeah, like he went high in in his rookie draft in 2019 and uh just could not produce. I was Do you looking think over his, over his stats? He didn't really have nothing crazy. No. Even even the first year he came in, I think he only had like one game where he had eleven fantasy points at one point. And that was like two years ago, three years ago. Everything else is six or less. Yeah. Is point, that a byproduct a of the system that he just didn't he didn't fit in in New England, or is that he didn't transition to? He just happens to be one of those unlucky fellows that didn't transition to the NFL game. I don't know because wasn't Brady was there for his first year. If he, yeah. Well, four years in, Brady's the ultimate throwing QB that you can think of. I mean, you'd think he would have had really good receptions out of him, especially coming out that rookie year as a what one hundred two. 
Right, but he was he was behind he was how many other Edelman, yeah, um, Gronk, Gronk. He, he Gronk, still yeah. had all, there was all of those other top targets like James uh, James White even, yeah. uh, all of those guys were ahead of him on the depth chart when it comes to passing. So he didn't then, get a lot of. And then his uh, next two years, he was in transition with new quarterback Cam yeah. Newton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe maybe it was just he just got lost in the mix of everybody else and stuff. But um, yeah. look, I was looking him up, and I guess there's a few there's a trade finder thing that kind of gives you average what he's going for. And yep. the last thing I seen somebody gave up was a 2025 sixth round pick, and then a few like really major package deals where they're packaging them up with like four or five other guys. To, like, yeah, he go. was just like icing on the cake kind of thing. Yeah, he's just the trash kind of coming out. Yeah. I remember I watching the guy prove us all wrong and blow it you up know in, what? in Chicago. I think it'd be great if that was able to happen. Because what do they have in Chicago right now as a, a wide lot. receiver? No. I, I had so, just seen that a bit ago. I don't think they have really anybody. No, no I think he has a great shot of making a roster. Um, oh, yeah. He'll make the roster. But, again, is it is it a system that he will be able to flourish in? Don't know. Uh, yeah. It depends on who the quarterback is going to be, right? Like, yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be Justin Fields. They're probably not going to roll with anybody else to start it off with. If Justin Fields can rise to the surface and actually become a reliable quarterback, it, he didn't. He didn't ball out last year, right? He didn't. He didn't show great flashes. So, to me, he's still yet an unproven situation, which to, is 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 expected coming yeah. from Ohio State. Ohio State quarterbacks just don't <laughs> seem to shine. <laughs> In the NFL, so if he's the one guy that's able to break that mold, okay, great. Um, Nikhil Harry might actually be in a situation to get some targets. I'm just not willing to spend anything really on him to try and make that happen. Now, there's a couple leagues that I'm in where he's still on the waiver wire, and I don't know if I can bring myself to drop anybody on my roster to to take a shot on him. Like that's that's just how I feel yeah. at this moment. Oh, no, um, that's, that's, that's valid then and, and you know but you just keep an eye out for you know some of the updates on the chemistry between the quarterback and him and sure how it's progressing because if he is a diamond in the rough in 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 chicago guys are mm-hmm. going to snatch him up real quick yeah i mean okay he has, he has opportunity they all they have is darnell mooney byron pringle velis jones their rookie equinemia mm-hmm. st brown so i mean he could possibly have opportunity to show out. They yep. don't really have any big name that's going to kind of stand in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. either going to sink or swim there. Yeah. Was it crazy, man? Uh, I, I wish him the best. Uh, I'm just looking him up in a couple of leagues where, where he exists right now. Um, if you guys haven't noticed, uh, there has been an update to the sleeper app. It now shows, it now shows uh, if you're in one league, and if a player's availability in all the leagues you have on Sleeper. Yeah. So it'll it's immediately just... show. Yeah, it'll now show only on the phone, not on the web. Oh. So if you log into your phone, you say, hey, look, um, I have this guy. Um... Oh, that sucks. I'm just looking at some history here. That's sad news. Anyways, um, yeah, it'll say, hey, Nikhil Harry, uh, he's available in these leagues, and he's owned by this person in this league, this person in this league, that kind of thing. Um, so here's a bit of, bit of funny news. Um, in one particular league, I drafted him with the 807 back in 2020, Nikhil Harry. Uh, swapped him for a 2022 third. Yeah, uh, because 
oh, how does this how does this work? This doesn't make any sense. I drafted him eight oh seven. It does not show when I I he was in a trade. He got dropped. I picked him off the waiver, so I drafted him, traded him away. He got dropped. I picked him up, flipped him for the one oh ten in the in that league because I don't know what happened. Um, and then the last one shows our friend Gabriel picked him up for a 2022 third hmm. from a guy named DK. But yeah, there was a, Oh, anyways, he's had, he's had a toward history. Unfortunately, yeah. that has just been the thing for Harry, a lot of promise, no delivery. Hopefully it comes to fruition. Let's see what happens here. Um, okay. Here's, I'm sorry. I was in the wrong league, wrong league. My apologies, gentlemen. Okay, so in 2019, in Simple Man, he was drafted the 104 in the rookie draft, then traded to me in 2020 as part of a big deal. I, I traded away Mike Evans in a second. I got DJ Shark, Nikhil Harry, a third and a second. <laughs> then I flipped him. I flipped uh, Nikhil Harry uh, for a 2021 first. Then Donnie ended up acquiring Nikhil Harry uh, for like nothing. Uh, Traquan Smith, he got he got a couple. It was a bunch of like it's a bag of potato chips for a bag of potato chips, whole lot of nothing. And then then there was a big monster trade. Oh, that's a big one. Saquon Barkley, Anthony Miller, Nikhil Harry, David Montgomery, Mark Ingram, Joe Mixon, Michael Hardman, J.K. Dobbins, and a 2021 third. And uh, that that man who that manager who made that trade still owns to kill Harry to this day. So congratulations. Hopefully you can return something on your investment. Oh, <laughs> uh, sad news. Anyways, um, I do have some calendar news. My uh, my little desk calendar has provided me with some news from 1933. Ooh. On July 8th, 1933, the National Football League adds franchises in Cincinnati, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, bringing the league membership to 10 teams. The other seven are in Boston, Brooklyn, New York, Green Bay, and Portsmouth, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Ohio, with two more in Chicago, the Bears and the Cardinals. Oh, there's two in Chicago. The Bears and the Cardinals were there. Okay. The Cincinnati Club will fold in November 1934, one year later. But the other nine are still in business. Although some will move to other cities, the Boston franchise is now in Washington. The Chicago Cardinals are now in Arizona. And the Portsmouth Portsmouth is in Detroit. So my Detroit team came all the way from Portsmouth. Mm. Cool. There you go. Some bit of history there for you guys. Woo. <laughs> uh, hopefully it's that... Uh, how, it's crazy to see how often teams move, it seems like. Oh, like yeah. They move from like one coast to the next. Like, uh, yeah, it it's when you're thinking about the stability of something, when something is so fresh and new. If you want to look at the the um, the USFL, for example, had its first first year, the XFL is coming out next year. Everything is really tentative because they they don't know if they're going to make it or not, right? So everybody's trying. And let's say you do have seven out of the eight teams are successful. Fans are showing up. People are buying in. They're buying merchandise. But one city, for whatever reason, it's just it's just not clicking. It's just not. It's just not happening. So that team folds or they pick up and they move to a different city to try it out. And then as time progresses, the longer you are alive, the better your survivability is. 
So the NFL now, I don't think, is going to die in any way, shape, or form. It would take a, you know, extinction level event to end any major sports franchise. Baseball, football, hockey, basketball. They're just too well established. They've been along too long. They've just kind of figured everything out. They've hit their bumps in the roads and they're now just so big they can figure out any new bumps that happen. I think any any young franchise, UFL, USFL, the XFL, they're they're probably in that situation where they're figuring things out. Teams are probably going to move more often than we like. Uh, ownership's going to change hands probably quite a bit over the next couple of years as they navigate their uh, their initial hurdles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, point taken, Mike. And you you see it in the the NHL where um, fan bases might not be so strong, like in uh, like Florida, if your team's not right. winning, the fans aren't going to be there because it's not a hockey town. Right. Um, you know, the NFL. Look at LA. They've had franchises that moved in, and go. moved out, moved in, moved out, moved in. Moved Massive out. city, huge population base. Like you think, but, you think there was no way those those franchises couldn't survive there. Yeah. Well, and they have the they have the the population to support the multiple teams. Um, but I think it's going to come down to, again, is the team winning and having a good product on the field? You know, it really helped with the Rams winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's yeah. really going to, you know, the, um, you know, you get like a team that uh, Jacksonville, if that team doesn't start producing, those seats are going to start to get empty. Yeah. And, and that the ownership may look at, hey, is this the right city for us? Because maybe St. Louis wants, had the Rams, back. wants a team mm-hmm. back, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Baltimore and, the, and Cleveland, that's exactly what happened. Balt, Cleveland moved to Baltimore, and the, t- the city was so starved for their football. That we got a CFL team for, for a few years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who won? Um, who won a great cup, by the way? But, yeah. it's not re- but it's not recognized anymore. No. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we are here to talk about the NFC East. Yes. And for those at home that are following along that don't know who's in the NFC East, those are our Dallas Cowboys, our New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Washington Commanders. And how did they do last year, you might have asked? Well, let me tell you. Last year, the Cowboys run away with that division. They were 12-5. and five. And to me, that made perfect sense. I think, I think the Cowboys were a really good team. They had a decent defense. Their offense was clicking. Good things were happening. Uh, the Giants, well, they were the, uh, the whipping boys of that particular division. They went 4-13. and 13. Yeah. The Eagles nearly snuck into a wild-card playoff spot. They were at 9-8. and eight. And the commanders came in at seven and ten. Seven and ten, given the fact that they didn't really have much of an offense to talk about. Yeah. And, and the, the, the other surprising factor was that they had what two years ago, I think they had the number two defense in the league. Yeah. And then um, Chase Young just decided to like not really hurt. play well last year. Well, he was hurt most of the year. So was he? Okay. Yeah. Is that the issue? Yeah. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to break down each and every team, and then we're going to give um, our projections of how we think each team is going to finish. So the first up is we're going to talk about the division champions, the Dallas Cowboys. So here are the fantasy-relevant players currently on their roster. We have 
QB Dak Prescott. We have running back Ezekiel Elliott. We have backup running back uh, special teams player Tony Pollard. We have wide receiver CeeDee Lamb. We have wide receiver Michael Gallup, who's coming back from an injury, but they did give a massive extension to. Uh, and we have tight end Dalton Schultz, who's on the franchise tag, who hasn't signed. Did he sign it? Did he not? Did that? Uh, sorry, that passed while I was away. Does anybody know off the top of I, their head? I, I don't I think they did yet. You don't think he signed? No, because I was reading something that they were saying that Jake Ferguson, that, that rookie tight end they got, was make, yeah. making big splashes to the point where it could put Schultz in a spot where he's not going to get an extension. Wow. So oh, he didn't okay. sign the franchise tag, and that deadline comes and goes. Does he not then become a free agent? I, I think so. No. Um, no, well, he has to sit he out. He plays on the franchise tag, doesn't he? He, if he signs it, he gets to play and he gets paid. He's at the one-year deal. And they can still negotiate contracts. Um, so here's here's what the news says. Dalton Schultz and the Cowboys resume contract extension talk. This is a day ago, less than 24 hours. After previous reports of Dalton Schultz and the Dallas Cowboys being nowhere near a long-term deal, the two sides are now in talks again just a week before the franchise tag deadline. Oh, that must be next week then. Is, is it next week? Let's have a look here. I'm going to go back to my notes here. Uh, franchise tag deadline was July 10th. Oh, so yesterday. Yeah. Days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, while, while we're all, all on the call here, I am just going to bring up NFL.com and just to see what his official uh, player card shows. Okay. Let's see. Uh, lawyer, no basis for subpoena testimony. Yeah. No. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is now retired. Kate, nobody cares. Uh, Panthers. Icky, ready to block for whoever is at QB. State of the Chargers. Icky Woods is coming back? Well, it just says Panther. <laughs> Icky, Icky, ready to block for whoever is at QB. way over your head. Icky no, Woods no, is it from was, the... yes, like, <laughs> He's not going to go play for the Panthers. Like, come on. He's like uh, by oh, age, Mike. <laughs> you could still play if you wanted to. It just hurt the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's weird. Those are weird helmets. Okay, I'm not seeing anything. So let's have a let's have a quick look. Bear with me, folks, as I dig up. My computer is running really slow, and there's no search function now on the website. Where did that go? Okay, well, let's find some Dalton Schultz news when we can. Uh, either way, uh, he was a solid tight end for them. Now let's have a look at what they have in rookies. So they only drafted two offensive rookies. Uh, wide receiver Jalen Tolbert. Uh, round three, pick 24, and tight end Jake Ferguson, round four, pick 24. Now, I haven't heard much about Jake Ferguson, so I'll have to defer to you, Juan, on this one. But Jalen Tolbert, I've heard really good things about, even before uh, before he signed with uh, with the team. I liked this kid. I liked where he was going. He lands up in a spot where he could end up as the wide receiver three. Uh, he might even pass Michael Gallup on the depth chart if things roll his way his first rookie season, so I like where this is going. Um, Juan, what do you know about Jake Ferguson. So it wasn't too much. I started, I've been busy all week, but I started kind of researching stuff earlier, but um, he was one of the ones that I was looking at. Um, so I guess he was a standout tight end all through college. So they said at one point he had um, the best stats to make the top 10 through all the, all the different, uh, what is it? Division. For college. Oh, okay. So I guess he was in the top 10 and that um, the owners and everybody really likes him that 
he's really shown out and that um, the fact that Don Schultz wasn't at minicamp or OTAs yet actually allowed him to show out. So from what I read was that everybody seems to like him to the point where they're saying that there's a possibility he pushes Schultz out just because he's the same as Schultz. Wow. What what college did he go to? Is he the, the – uh... Stanford. Oh, sorry. That's wrong. wrong one. No, uh, Wisconsin. Jake Ferguson went to Wisconsin. Okay. Oh, this isn't the kid I was thinking of then. No, no, you're uh, thinking of, I, I know who you're talking about. That uh, really big, lanky, um, white kid that had like a huge weight, like arm span that they said was, you know, kind of, uh, he has all the, the, the mechanics to be a really good tight end, but he just, his body needs to catch up to him. Uh, he got drafted at a really weird spot in the draft as well. Um, but that's who I was thinking this Ferguson kid was, but, uh, uh, Wisconsin always spits out decent tight ends. Okay. Uh, they do. All right. Here's, here's some, uh, more news on Dalton Schultz, uh, to or not to, this is the question. The Cowboys must answer by 3 PM this Friday, the deadline to potentially sign or not to sign a franchise tag, uh, for tight end Dalton Schultz to a long-term contract. So I'm obviously wrong on my date on my calendar. So for that, I apologize. Um, He's currently sitting. Otherwise, both sides must rest in peace with the one-year guaranteed 10.93 million tag he previously signed through the end of the 2020. So he's already signed his franchise tag. So he's baby. Poor. Oh, one year. I got. I'm still going to get 10 million for one year. One million, and that might be it. He might never play football again. That's to me. That's that is the absolute risk that you take with the franchise tag. Is like, hey, cool. I'm going to make good, good guaranteed money this one year, and I might not show enough to get another really good deal. Or I might like wash myself out with an injury and not get to play again. So like that's that's the risk. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, he's. I think he's. Yeah, he's. Dalton Schultz, I think, is good enough that he'll get a deal. He just might not get paid as much as he might want. Yeah. All right. So um, only takes. Um, doesn't sound as if any of the action is going on. But as as we know, the Cowboys deadline makes deals. Um, only takes one phone call. Question is, who picks up the phone first? Long time ago, former Cowboys player, personnel director Bob Ackles taught me this negotiation lesson. Can't remember the Cowboys player they couldn't agree on contract with. And back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, there were a bunch. But one day I asked Bob, when's the last time he had picked up the phone to try and bat out a deal? The late Ackles. Uh, generally understood gentleman. Oh, a generally understood gentleman from Canada informed me every time I pick up the phone to make a call, I'm spending money. Meaning if he's calling, then chances are he's upping the Cowboys offer during the stalemate with the current franchise deadline on signing a long-term deal, just the two days away. Not sure if either side will pick up the phone. If the Cowboys indeed have made a long-term offer to Schultz, they then eventually the package is not what Schultz is looking for. And if Schultz agent Steve Carrick has made an offer to the team, for sure the Cowboy figure it's too rich for their future salary cap. Projections tagged Schultz worth at four million or four years for fifty-eight million, or averaging fourteen point five a year, uh, which would make him the second highest paid tight end in the NFL to only San Francisco tight end George Kittle. Uh, would imagine that's Carrick's starting point, but the Cowboys obviously aren't buying 
yeah, I don't think he, to me, I wouldn't be paying $14 million for a tight end who has shown me how many seasons of what he can do Two, one, one, mm-hmm. one year of showing me what he can do. Not unfortunately. Sure. It takes time for them to kind of percolate and rise to the surface. He had four years, three years of nothing. And then one year of like greatness. And uh, now he wants a big money deal. That's tough. That is tough. Well, I okay. think in this in this era of tight ends trying to be get become more and more relevant um, in their offensive packages, you know, teams are going to jump on that. Hey, if a guy is hot, I got to I got to lock him in, right? So that's right. I think that's where Schultz is trying to bank on. Sure. Um, I don't think they're desperate enough that they would pay that, especially with the amount of money they have paid out recently to players. They got Zeke who's sitting on a rather large contract. Um, they got some defensive players. They got to pay out here. Like to me, if I'm Dalton Schultz, I don't expect to go out and make uh, $15 million a season. Like that's, that's a little bit outrageous. If I can get four years, maybe a little above the norm, say, say around 11 to 12 for four years, man, I take that done. All right. Well, either way, uh, he did sign his franchise tag. So he is on the team, just whether or not they get a deal done. That's that's the question. Yeah. So here we are. Dak Prescott, Zeke, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, new rookies, Jalen Tolbert and Jake Ferguson. How do you guys think this team is going to fare? Do you think they win the division? Yes or no? I don't. Really? Okay. That's to me, that's going to be a hot take. Juan says no. No. Who do you think beats them? I think if everything works out for the Eagles, I think the Eagles can sneak away. Okay. Okay. That's all right. That's, that makes a bit of sense there. They yeah. have made significant moves to, to improve their situation. They were one game away from a playoff berth, a wild card spot. Okay. I can get behind that. I think the only way that that happens is if they have to steal away the wins in, in the division against like Dallas. Yeah. They, they have, have to beat to- Dallas in the division. Yep, they have to win within the division, I think, to take it. Because if not, yep. but okay, uh, I don't, I don't see. They paid a bunch of money for Zeke. Yep, and it almost feels like Zeke said, "Yeah, I got my money. Let me sit back and relax now." Because it seems like ever since he signed that big contract, he hasn't really done too much. So I, I don't know. Like I'm afraid for their run game, their pass game. They still got Michael Gallup hurt. I mean. They got a rookie coming in. Like, how, how good is the rookie, really, you know, yeah. when it comes to game time? So you got C.D. Lamb. That's it, you know? C.D. Lamb is great, but can he control your whole offense? I don't, I don't see it. I mean. You have to have more than one weapon. Yeah. I think Dak Prescott is a great quarterback. I think he's a well above average. I think Zeke's probably got enough left in the tank to, to move the ball a bit, but I think it's yep. Tony Pollard that's probably going to be the shining star on their offense because yeah. he's going to come out and he's going to make that ball work because he wants a spot, he wants a paycheck. Yep. Um, Michael Gallup, I think if he's healthy and on the field, I think he's got something to prove. That's a guy I would think would have a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Um, Dalton Schultz, I think, is a reliable tight end. He's not going to give you like monstrous, like, Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey numbers, but I think he's going to end up top 10 just because of the volume he'll get. So I like, I like the team and where they're at. Zeke is the big question mark because he's, he has been on the down climb, 
but it's Tony Pollard, I think, that picks up the pieces if he falls off. If Zeke falls off a cliff, Tony Pollard will pick up those pieces and they'll just they'll just keep status quo. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think Pollard is hungry for that too. He's just chomping at the bit for for Zeke to tweak an ankle or a knee or something. And he's and he's like, uh, Give me the ball, baby. Give me that, yeah. give me the rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I see you got in the show notes that they they do have one of the tougher schedules in the division. They do. So yes. I, I think that that can play a role in them not taking the division too, because they they have to play outside of the division some of the tougher teams. Yeah, it's going to be challenging for them this year for sure. Yeah, I that, think they were saying that the Eagles have the easiest uh, schedule. Yeah. For oh. division, so. and, okay. I, and you know, I some I think uh, last week, Mike, one of uh, it was you or. Um, um, Ryan. Ryan was saying that isn't it the division winner always gets the toughest schedule? Correct. The... Yep. That is so. something that we we did learn while reading through this. Is that hey, you uh, you won the division and you got a playoff spot. Well, guess what? We're going to give you a tougher schedule so that it's harder for you to repeat. Yeah. So, um, you might very well be right in that instance if they've received a tougher schedule on paper. And don't live up to it because I do expect them to take four wins. I expect them to beat the Giants and the Commanders. That that's my prediction. Cowboys win both matchups versus the Giants and the Commanders. I, I give them a 50-50 split between the Eagles, right? So that gave them five wins. And I think out of the remaining games they had to play, I put them at eleven and a six. That was that's where I think their sweet spot's gonna be uh, this year, is they're gonna finish eleven and six. Okay. Andrew. Do you want to tell uh, the world what you picked? I had them at uh, twelve and five, so um, a little more aggressive. I, I, I actually, uh, I had them taking the 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 victories away from the Eagles, so they yeah. they beat them twice. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I could be eating crow at the end of the season for it, but um, but you've got you've got precedent. They went twelve and yeah. five last year. Yeah, they haven't made a significant change to their to the roster outside of Amari Cooper, which I don't think if, was a big change. And if and if Zeke comes back stronger, um, you know, and, and I I put Barkley in the same boat as as Elliot. Those guys either gotta step up or step out. Yep, this is their year, you know. I don't know where they are in their contracts, but this has got to be their year to either own it or step to the side and let somebody else take over. It might be a situation where if they don't, they could be cut because there's enough. It's easier for them to do so, right? It's easier for teams to, to cut bait. That's what, and that's what it seems like with the running backs. You know, they're not, the, the teams seem to be a lot less patient with the running backs and they do the wide receivers. Right. So they might, might be on that, that cusp, that bubble of saying, Hey, you know yep. what? Um, I'm out. Yeah. So, okay. Juan, what is your take? I what, what would... At either nine and eight or 10 and seven. So I have them sitting in that middle so do you want do you want to give them say, oh, what do you want to go with nine and eight or ten I, and seven? I'll go ten and seven just just to be ten and seven. Okay, yeah. so they hit they hit double digits. Yes, they hit I, double think, digits. I think they're good enough to to be good again this year. But I I thought I had read something that said 
they had lost like two or three key players on their, their defensive line. So something about their defense wasn't as good, okay. I guess, as last year. So Okay. Well, if if they do have issues on defense, and they do have it, to me, they have one defensive stud in Micah Parsons. Yeah. Who is who is rising up to that uh, elite status. Um, if, if he continues to perform for them, uh, I think, I think they will be very good. Yep. Okay. Well, let's, let's have a look at the New York giants, the worst team in this, in this division. Let's have a look. They finished four and 13. Let's see who's on their roster. They've got Daniel Jones, who they didn't, didn't pick up the fifth-year option on. They got Saquon Barkley, who did not perform super admirably last year, but I can't think of a backup for him on the team right now. No. They have Kadarius Tony, who had one-game flash and then fizzled out due to injury and personality. Uh, they had Kenny Galladay, who really didn't play anything last year. They have Sterling Shepard, who's coming back off an Achilles tear. Uh, their tight end is Ricky Seals Jones. Um, let's talk about what we just what we just went through. How are you guys feeling about that particular roster? There's going to be fantasy value here somewhere. Does Daniel Daniel Jones live up to the hype? Is this dump? I wrote down here: is the dumpster fire over, or is it still raging? I think it's over, and I think. Everything I think this year is going to key on Barkley and Jones. Yep. Um, if Jones and, and they're saying that Jones looks leaner, healthier, and ready to go than he has the last two seasons. So if he's ready to go and he's ready to, he's in the mindset of, oh my God, this is do or die for me and my back's against the wall and can set the team up with the run to start chucking the ball with with uh with Jones um they can be drastically improved um you know they had one of the one of the better first round drafts this year with picking they did, they did yeah. really well in how they drafted yes yeah um, so I think they, I think I, as you put it, Mike, I think the dumpster's out and they could be either, they're either going to have one more really bad year or they're going to start to really, really improve. If the team gels, I've, I've got them second in the division. Ooh. Okay. That's a bold move. Yeah. I, I still have them sitting there. I, you don't even have them last. Wow. No. no. Okay. No. 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 Okay. Right now. But um, okay. I I don't know. I think I think the Cowboys or the Giants are coming out wanting to prove something now. I think they they redid yeah. their entire uh, coaching staff is almost all brand new. I think except for one person. Yeah. Then um, the fact that they've been um, talking about Brian Dable and how he set Josh Allen up to the caliber of QB he is now. And you do some comparisons of him and Daniel Jones and their body types, their throwing uh, mechanisms. That's everything about them is basically the same person, other than one is a lot better than the other. So if Dable can come in and do the same thing to Daniel Jones that he did to Allen, I mean, you could possibly end up with a way better QB, even though they didn't extend him. 
I think I seen the thing where they said Barkley um, was a lot leaner. He wanted something to prove. He said he was at 110% now. I think he's a complete year away from his injury now. So he should do a lot better. So, I mean, I, I don't – I don't even think Barkley's contract got extended, if I remember right. I remember seeing it a while back. So I, I think he's coming out wanting to show out and say, hey, yeah. like you're going to let something really good go right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, for me, I, I can think of a time when every player on this team meant something. Mm-hmm. Barkley, Tony, Galladay, even Shepard. When when those guys were all hitting at various points in their career, they were worth something. Yeah. Daniel Jones to me has always been that question mark. Yeah. So everything to me sinks or swims with Daniel Jones, regardless of what even if, if Saquon can get the ball rolling on the ground, that's great because that should open up the passing game. If Daniel Jones can't complete those passes, they're just going to stack the boxes and, and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. I'm not overly excited about Ricky Seals Jones. He was okay in in Washington, but I don't think he's like, he's a spot start. If you can pick the week that he's going to hit. Yeah. Um, I'm extremely nervous. I think this is still going to be the worst team. I don't think they're going to rebound year one. I think it's probably going to be uh, a two year rebuild before they can get, make things happen. And Daniel Jones has the ticket in his hand, whether or not he's going to be a part of that future. So this is the year. If he doesn't do it, that he's gone. And they're probably going to see a massive change on the offense, even with like with Barkley, Tony, Galladay, the whole bit. Um, if Jones hits, I think he resurrects the career of the rest of this team. Yeah. If he yeah. doesn't, he sinks them all. Yeah. That's why I put them down at last place again, because I don't think they can get enough wins. Yeah, well, so I, I pick. They, they somewhat addressed their offensive line if i remember right this draft they did oh yeah they had a they had a beautiful draft on paper it looks wonderful if all of their players hit like yeah they're they're in a great position to make a rebound yeah so i mean yeah and then what i've seen too is that uh there's talk about sterling Shepard not really making too great of a comeback and that uh i guess wandell robinson has been playing that slot position that sterling plays so i mean you don't you don't need him no, um, and like it's, it's a it's an Achilles tear. Yeah, let's set temporary expectations on what we think guys can do when they come back from that first season. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, Kadarius Tony is the one. He almost reminds me of um, of Beckham a little bit, where he's just I think he thinks he's much more than what he really is. Hasn't really showed out, and he's he's more like the class clown, I guess. And kind of, uh, it's starting to show up in the locker room, and I think that, I, I think even if he's a great player, I think it might hurt him and hurt him with okay. the, of the team just the same way it did with Beckham. All right, well then let's quickly talk about the rookies. We didn't we mentioned them in passing, but they did draft Wandale Robinson round two pick eleven, which essentially is a copy paste of Kadarius Tony. Yep. Yep. Um, like the kid. Had some really good notes uh, reading up on him and in going into the rookie drafts. Uh, think he's going to do really well. Thought it was a really weird landing spot uh, for him going to the New York Giants, but obviously they, they've got something in the works there and they're addressing a need or a potential need. Um, I do think he makes the roster and he lands as their wide receiver three. I don't trust Sterling Shepard coming back from that Achilles injury. I I feel bad for the guy, but Achilles injuries are tough to come back from in general. 
And for his sake, I hope he just, you know, hey, I'm just going to hang out, guys. I'm going to play. I'm going to do my best. And next year, I'm going to come back and I'm going to earn my spot. So I, I think Wondell Robinson's probably a good sneaky grab because he's going to have a future with this team. I, I actually honestly thought that we were going to trade Kadarius Tony based upon all the rumors and rumblings. Um, but I'm really impressed on, on how, how aggressive you guys are putting the New York Giants this year. Well, um, I think, it, again, everything is going to – they've got the easier schedule because they finished so poorly last year. Um, if I, I go back to Barkley and Jones, and, and, and Juan, you made a good point with the, the coach who developed Allen. Yeah. You know, if you could get a 75% Allen out of Jones yeah. – that is gonna be a win. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and and I think with, with Jones, it's gonna become a confidence thing. If they can if they can get hot right right out of the, the gate and win, say their first two or three games, they could go on a tear just out of just out of a confidence. Like like Buffalo did like three years ago. They got hot and they just started to steamroll. Yeah. Everybody bought into the system. Everybody's like I, okay, I, I don't have to be the superstar because we're winning. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. And if the team can buy into all of that with the new coaching staff and everything, I, I, I think they can have a bounce back. But again, I could be eating crow at the end of the year with them being dead last and being okay. dead last in the league. Oh, yeah. you know, hey, you got to make bold moves sometimes. Well, so I have them sitting at six and 11. So I, I think they do take a leap forward, not a leap, but they take a step forward from four and 13 and end up at six and 11. Andrew, you got them at 10 and seven. So you think they take yep. the second place of division. That's pretty yes. aggressive. Uh, Juan, what do you have them at? Yeah, I kept going over and I still got like an eight and nine, nine and eight. Yeah, I think they're going to be just good enough to show progress and make themselves as a team feel better. Yeah. But I don't think they're really going to make too many motions of anything else. I think I, I, I like the fact that they addressed the line. Like I said last time, the line is what, to me, just annoyed me so much about the team is that there's no way you can have a pass game or a run game if you don't have a line to hold anybody up. And anytime you've seen film on them, you, when you have um, defensive players sitting in their lap five, ten yards down the line, like that, that doesn't work. You don't give um, Daniel Jones any time. You don't give any, uh, Barkley any time to – do anything out of the backfield, it, it yeah. hurts you. So okay. I, I think they're good enough to address at least the line problem. Now. All right. So what are you, you going to stick with the eight and nine, or do you want to give them a shot at a wild card spot at nine and eight? I, I think I'll give them an eight and nine. I think eight they're going to be just outside. Okay. All right. But even at that, I think that's going to be a, a super shot to their to their confidence. <laughs> It's going to be massive for them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's hum along here. Let's move down to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, there's, there's definitely some questions here. They have a QB in Jalen Hurts, running back Miles Sanders, backup Kenny Gainwell. Uh, I've got – that's a misprint. Let's remove that. Uh, wide receiver A.J. Brown recently acquired. They had wide receiver Devontae Smith, and they had a little – uh, last year's wide receiver darling in Quez Watkins, plus tight end Dallas Goddard. 
Now I'm going to address the rookies that they drafted because they only drafted one offensive rookie because they didn't have a lot of picks this year. And that was tight end Grant Calcaterra in round six, pick 20. So to me, not, not relevant no. uh, to, to the fantasy football world, at least not this year. So the Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Dallas. That's Goddard. their team. Yep. That is their team. That is it. There's not a lot of depth. Jalen Rager is still on the team, but I don't think he's worth mentioning because he unfortunately did not perform when he had a shot. There was an opportunity for him to take the spot, and Quez Watkins filled it. So how are you guys feeling about this team? Philadelphia last year finished 9-8. and eight. They were on the cusp of earning a wild card playoff spot. I think they will be the the the, the same old Eagles of. It's going to be an ugly. If they win, it's going to be ugly winning. You know the Philly special, right? It's going to have to be stuff like that. I can't. I I just I can't see them being. Um, consistent enough to, to to and I know Juan you haven't win in the division but I I just I can't see that I don't have the confidence in the team. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're they're running do game. Let's do this. Let's do this. Uh I don't have a lot of confidence in the Eagles. I think there's some things to like here. Andrew, you have probably even less confidence in them than I do. Yep. Juan, you have the most cuz you think they're going to win. Let's let's hear your your thought process. Why do you think they're going to win? I I just think at the end of the season last year they found their scheme. I don't know if you guys had heard the thing of like fans bullying them anytime they threw the ball, and then when they handed the ball off or Jalen Hurts took off running with the ball, it was all of a sudden a big commotion cheer, and that's when their offense started moving. When they figured out, hey, we can run the ball, like we know how to run the ball. We have a running QB. Let's move the ball. So Miles think, Sanders was fantastic when he touched the ball, but he rarely ever touched the ball. And, and I think everything I've read is that their um, offensive coordinator is the same, and they're saying that they think he found that scheme last year at the end of the year, and that's what got them into that wild card berth. So I think they're going to stay on that hot, hey, like we have this kid that can run the ball and likes to run the ball at QB. Let's run the ball. Let's run some options. Let's Let's move the ball with Miles Sanders. Let's, you know, we got AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown is going to be a ball hog. I guess I think he's going to demand some targets, but I also think that it's going to he's going to demand defenses to take him and cover him. So now, when you have two DBs or a DB and a safety flying downfield trying to cover AJ Brown, and no one's covering Jalen Hurts or Miles Sanders out of the backfield often, I think they're going to scrape out five, 10 yards every touch to the point okay. where they're scraping points out. My okay. my fear, though, my fear with that is that Jalen Hurts is still young and is going to – and every young quarterback goes through it, making the bat some bad decisions. Yeah. Pulling the ball down and running too soon. Yep. Um, getting antsy feet when he hears somebody coming from behind instead of trusting his blocking scheme. Yeah. Um, so that's why, like, I put the comment in. Can Jalen Hurts save or hurts the team? Um, it's it's a uh, that's where my confidence just it's. It, you're right. At the end of the year, 
they did seem to take a turn for the right direction. Um, but was it the teams they were playing or was it that they actually truly did find something going on? Uh, I think it might've been a mix. Maybe, maybe the okay. fact that they were playing easier teams, they were able to find that run scheme that worked. And now maybe they can, they, I mean, they've had a whole off season to develop it. So why, yeah. why wouldn't you, if True. you found something that works, why not continue it? Like I understand a lot of, a lot of offensive co- coordinators sometimes will go back and change the wheel that's working. Right. You know, they'll, yeah. try and make a square wheel out of a round wheel and then figure out, hey, it's not working. Let's go back to this. And I think that's kind of what happened with them is they found their round wheel and they're hopefully going to take that and win the division, I think. Okay. Okay, so let, all, let me... All, let very, me... Valid, uh, all very valid uh, arguments. Um, I just, like I said, I for me, just just a few too many question marks to go with it. And, yeah. the, and uh, the one we'll see what happens. Point? To mine is like, like I'm saying, if, if Hertz doesn't produce or can't produce, or they try to go to an only let's get the I'm ball passing. out to AJ Brown, I think they're they're in trouble. I think yeah. they're dead. Well, when yeah, and, I, and, and I think record. you're I think you're right with the the AJ Brown saying, "Give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the yeah. ball," and that's going to be upset. I think that's going to upset the rest of the locker room. Yeah, I don't think he does that. And I'll give you a great example. AJ Brown was not a volume play. He was an efficiency player. He never received a huge amount of targets. He just did really well with the targets he did get because they ran the ball with Derrick Henry more than they passed the ball. And when they did pass the ball, it was because Derrick Henry had put the entire defense on the heels. Like, okay, look, we can't let him run. Okay, great. Now A.J. Brown's going to get that one pass over the top for 20-some-odd yards. Maybe he'll break it for a touchdown. I think if they bring that same scheme here, I think it's possible. The things that I like that are going on right here is if they go run heavy pass pass option, they're going to flourish because yeah. that's what they were doing when they were winning. When Jalen Hurts was kicking ass and taking names, he was running the ball. Miles Sanders was touching the ball. They weren't passing it very often. And then when they did, they were going to Dallas Goddard. They were doing these little dink and dunks. They were moving the ball, moving the chains. They were looking for that big run. And as soon as that happened, that's when they moved the ball big. Now that they've got A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown's really good friends with Jalen Hurts. He's high school buddies or college buddies. They they have a really, really tight relationship. Uh, A.J. Brown's the godfather of Jalen Hurts' son. Like So th- these are guys that, outside of football, they have a connection, which means they're going to bring that connection to football. Mm-hmm. And we are, we've already seen A.J. Brown not require a ton of targets to not be that guy because, hey, look, Derrick Henry is the team. Derrick Henry is going to move the ball. I will pick up all the scraps and make everybody regret that I did. My fear, though, Mike, is they have brought him in and hyped him up to be the savior of of that team. So does his ego get out of control like an OBJ, right? An OBJ, a Le'Veon Bell, a... A one of those guys that hey you know what I'm a type everything, A personality every, everything runs through me everything runs through me guys I hope it's not I I don't know AJ Brown haven't followed him on any social media don't know what what kind of individual he's like but if he comes in and he and he checks that ego at the door then yeah okay hey look Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts you're my new Derrick Henrys like you guys run 
create a situation where these guys can't watch me because they're too busy watching you and then we'll come to me right and then we can start changing it up and i think there's enough talent here like i'm not a philadelphia eagles fan i i just don't believe in them as a franchise to begin with so i guess it doesn't hurt me to say this they've got talent on the team i love aj brown i think Devonte smith showed even in limited outage uh, limited, uh, limited usage last year. He was still relevant. He was still a really good player, someone to worth worth having on your roster. Now you've got Miles Sanders, who uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've been in negotiations and acquiring Miles Sanders um, from Marvin hmm. because I want to bolster my running back room. Now I owned Miles Sanders and I traded him away because what happened, what I thought was going to happen ended up happening. So I'm glad that I traded him away, but now he's in an opportunity where like, I don't know. Like he's a high risk. He could, he's super efficient. He could come back in. If they give him the touches, he could do really well, or he could absolutely vaporize. And then I'm left holding a bag because now there's, there's no room for him on the roster. They didn't resign him. He's just kind yeah. of off in never, never land. And that's, that's kind of the sad, scary part is you don't know what this team is going to do. You don't know what scheme they're going to run with because they ran two, one really well and one terrible. Yeah. As much as we would love for them to do what we we want them to do as fantasy managers, um, it doesn't seem to work out for us that way yeah. all the time. So I love every opportunity they have in in becoming a better team. I've actually statted them at being the number two team in this division. I have them going, um, well, they went nine and eight. I have them going eight and nine and taking it, mainly because I I don't trust that the leadership of this team are going to choose what worked instead and try and just force these guys into, Hey, this is what we want you to do. It's not what works, but it's what we want you to do. So. See, and for me, I, I had them at uh, eight and nine as well. And the reason I gave them that record is because I think, um, the Giants and the Cowboys are going to steal the wins in the division away from them. Okay. Which very well could be the case because they are, they are what we would expect them to be. They, we expect them to be the better franchise. They have more stability. They have a, we know what they can and cannot do. The Eagles, to me, are the wild card in this particular division because they have the potential to win. Yes. Yeah. They could take it all if they follow what worked. Yeah. But will they do that that's the part i just i just don't trust in the philadelphia leadership to do that yeah but i think um you i'm not sure who wrote this in the notes here their ceiling is 13 and 4 and yeah. that's something i will agree with yeah. i think if they follow they follow through with what was working last year with the additions and changes they've made to the team and the investment they've put forward if they back that up yeah this team could go 13 and 4 and win the division yeah. See, I don't even have them lower than their where I had them on their floor. Um, now that I see that after I've typed that in, mm-hmm. um, um, and I and, and again, it just it comes down to I think the other two teams stealing the wins away from them, and they're going to be close games. I I'm I'm sure of that, but uh, you know, they do, they have, do an have an easier to... schedule. Okay. They do. All right, right here, live on the air. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go from eight and nine. I'm going to give them one more win. I'm going to go nine and eight. (laughs) 
I'm gonna do that right now. There you go, Philly fans. I don't hate you like really. I just I just don't believe in you. Yeah. But and I Juan, believed you enough to give you a nine and eight record. There we go. And Juan, what did you have them at? Yeah, I I had them initially at a nine and eight also. And I really I mean, that's that that's them basically being subpar. But I think if they come out and they do what I hope they will do, like where they come out and actually show what they have, I can see a ten and seven. I can see them right up there. Either okay. one, what either tied for for the same record with the Cowboys, if not one right behind them. Okay, so what do you want? To, what do you want to put? I'm nine and eight. I, Andrew's I would, eight and nine. I would do ten and seven. Ten and seven. Here we go. Okay, that's exciting. And you so have them edging much... out the Cowboys for the division. I I think so. I think if everything plays the way it's playing in my mind and kind of what I've read, I can see okay. the Cowboys kind of imploding and. The Eagles taking that opportunity because this has always been a division that, even though it's one of the crappiest divisions in the league, I think it's still usually pretty close between all three teams, somewhat at the very end. Yeah, they they battle each other really well. Yeah. Okay. Well, that brings us to the Washington Commanders. (laughs) We saved the best for last. Oh, yeah. They finished finished seven and 10. They, They had a decent, like, run. And then the wheels fell off. Yeah. yeah. And then they made some changes. And then there was there's some drama. There's still some drama, unfortunately. Uh, they might have a new owner. Everything's going through topsy-turvy. But let's just say, hey, uh, you put that aside. You still have coach Ron Rivera. He's back. Uh, you got a new quarterback, Carson Wentz. You have running back Antonio Gibson, which – Obviously, they didn't believe fully in because they brought back J.D. McKissick, and then they went and drafted in the third round Brian Robinson Jr. So, okay, so Antonio Gibson wasn't the guy, even though he was really good, but they just obviously didn't think he's the guy who can carry the workload for the season. But they did sign uh, Terry McLaurin to an extension, gave him some money, so he's back as their number one wide receiver. Uh, They've got Curtis Samuel, who didn't really do much on the team. But he's the next best wide receiver option on the roster. Um, then they have tight end uh, Logan Thomas, who was doing really well until he blew his leg, uh, or blew his knee. He was done. So he's got an injury he's coming back from. Yeah. It's the rookies that I'm most interested in here. Yeah, they didn't in have the a first, good draft. In, their, in the first round, they drafted wide receiver Jahan Dotson. Round one, pick 16. In round three, they took Brian Robinson. And in the fifth round, at pick one, they traded up to go get quarterback Sam Howell. I like it. Yes. Now, in most, not most, um, in every rookie draft I've been a part of, Jahan Dotson fell to the early mid second round. He's a first round talent, first round drafted, but he always fell to the early or middle second round of every draft I was in. And for some strange reason, I was always there. So I have a lot of shares of this guy. So I am betting big, big on Jahan Dotson to become something special. And when I do that, my fingers are crossed because I'm looking at the quarterback in Carson Wentz and be like, okay, well, I'm not overly optimistic because Carson Wentz, your quarterback. And then I remember a comment that I made to my friend, Andrew, not that long ago about Carson Wentz. Do you, do you remember what that? Uh, no, I don't. What that stupid comment was? No. All right, Juan. 
you're uh you're on the phone with us. You're you're live in the recording. Yeah. Out of 32 quarterbacks that started football last year, how do you think Carson Wentz finished? Oh. Oh, I think I remember this now. Do you remember do you remember I, this conversation? It was higher than way higher than I thought. <laughs> it was way higher than I think anybody would thought would have thought. So not, give me give me your unrealistic expectation of what you think Carson Wentz finished last year. Maybe somewhere in let's see mid twenties. Think higher. Way higher. Higher. Think higher. It couldn't have been top ten. Nope. Just go a little bit lower. So it's gotta be maybe 13, 14? Close. 14. Man. So in, in our league format. He finished as QB 14 last year. Which now, granted, shocking. he had he had one, two, three. He had three games where he hurt you, where he got seven points, seven points, eight points. But every other game he played, he was, well, okay, well, there's an 11-pointer in there. He was decent. He didn't, he didn't hurt you. He was 20 points or above in every game but four. So that's not that's not terrible. It's just gross to think. Right? Yeah. He's not the guy you picture. There's no flash. No, he's not exactly. the guy. Yeah, he's not the guy that you picture to do that. But he finished QB 14. So I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. Well, how does how does that work? Did we have some kind of weird special scoring format that just allowed this monstrosity to happen? Because I remember when Blake Bortles was a top 10 quarterback after throwing for like 27 interceptions and like 16 fumbles and did really well. No, no, no. That's just the way our scoring format is. It's it's pretty normal. It's just half point PPR, six point touchdown. Uh, we do give penalties for um, for sacks and for for fumbles. So, yeah, he uh, he did rather well. So I'm not as concerned about Jahan Dotson coming a thing, <laughs> but wow, it's still, the, uh, it's still the Commanders. It's still the Commanders. So let's let's talk about it here. What do you guys like out of this roster? Carson Wentz, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, who who was a fantastic third down back. He he feasted in the passing game last year. Uh, Terry McLaurin had a bit of a meh year. Curtis Samuel was non-existent. Logan Thomas was fantastic when he was healthy and on the field. Um, and then you got some new rookies they're going to try and bring into the mix. What do, what do you guys think? I'm high on Dotson. And uh, McKissick, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. I'd have to agree. And then Logan Thomas, too. I just just the way tight ends work, I think you at least have some some hope there, I guess, that there's points. But it, it's hard when you know Carson Wentz is the quarterback, I guess. But if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they said Carson Wentz is typically a dump-off guy, though. Like, yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he loves, he loves his short passes. He's not yeah, a deep ball guy. So Logan, so your, Logan Thomas might feed off of that, just going up the field eight, nine yards, yep. yeah. turning around and getting a bullet in the chest. Yeah, so I, I'd have to say Logan Thomas, I think, is the part that interests me. But the, the whole team as a whole, I, I don't know. Like I, The reason why I have them at the very end, too, is just I, I feel like the whole thing with the owner and just that whole weird yeah. turmoil of like mm-hmm. just that weird history of kind of what's been happening, I think that probably already rolled over into the locker room 
and I pro- I think it's going to continue to roll over in the locker room until they completely. I mean, you have to strip that team down to like nothing, and like yeah. hope that it kind of clears that out because that's like a mom and dad trying to fight, you know, and you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to be a good kid, but you still can't because you have mom and dad back there in your ear still turning you the wrong way, basically. Oh, that's so. a good analogy. I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and okay. I think, Mike, you said it a, a few weeks ago that realistically to get away from all of this, they need to just blow up the whole team, fire all the coaches, get rid of most of the players, and start from scratch. Yep. Okay. Well, then let's let's do this. I've got them ranked right now with the lowest at six and eleven. Andrew, you also got them ranked the lowest at six and eleven. Yeah. I'm curious to hear Juan. How do you rank the Washington Commanders? I have them 6-11. Oh, wow. unanimous decision. 6-11. and 11. Now, to me, when I think of them going 6-11, and 11, I think they do it in such a way that it's frustrating for them. That they didn't, That's going to be defense stealing it. Yeah, they didn't get there because... Uh, how do I put this? Okay, if you're a team that went like 1-16 last year and you go to 6-11, and 11, you feel good. Right, like you're making progress, things are going in the right direction. This is a team that almost that made the playoffs two years ago. Yeah, they they fail in a situation. They fail this year because they only go six and eleven. They win games they probably shouldn't have won, and then they lost too many that they they should not have lost. And that's that's to me that's where they're going to have a frustrating season. It's like, hey, you showed up, you beat the Dallas Cowboys in a game that you shouldn't have beat them in, but then then you lost like I don't know two teams that you should have just stomped a mud hole in based upon your performance the week before in Dallas. Like to me, that's what's going to happen to the, to the Washington commanders. They're going to show up. They're going to win a game that they shouldn't have won and then go on a losing streak because they just couldn't recapture that magic. And then they get frustrated. That's just, so they're going to have a frustrating six and 11 season. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I agree. Okay. So now that we're back, we got this going. We're, we're nearing the end of the show. But to wrap things up, we need to pick our best fantasy lineup out of this division. Now, Juan, as our guest this week, I'm going to give you the first pick of quarterback. Who are you going to choose as your QB out of this, uh, this particular group of misfits? Um, at first, <laughs> so like I said, I... I... Getting ready for a cabin trip this weekend. My mind's yep. been everywhere. A bunch of work at, at house, so I haven't really gone over it as much other than at my lunchtime today. I had a notepad in front of me, and I'm sitting there like, yep. I cannot do this on air without at least having an idea who I wanted, right? Right, right, right. So initially, I had Dak Prescott there, but I don't know. I, I think I've talked up the Eagles enough that I think I like the upside of Jalen Hurts. So that rushing, yeah, that rushing upside is fantastic if they let him do it. Yeah. Okay. All right, Andrew. I, I did going? not cheat. I did not cheat this week and put my stuff in early. <laughs> <laughs> That's not cheating. That's just it's just being really um. What's the word? 
Um, over eager. <laughs> over eager. That's it. Yeah, you're, you're an overachiever. Overachiever. Um, yeah, over <laughs> um, I I'm going with Prescott. <laughs> Pardon me. As as you choke out his name. Yeah. Okay. I too am going with Prescott because I think this year, compared to last year, they allow him to run more. I think he gets back to that six touchdown uh, rushing touchdown mark. I think he gets back to the first three years of his career where, where things are at. That's where I would expect. Um, and I think he also has a massive passing season. So to me, he's almost on par with what Jalen Hurts can do with his legs, but with may, way more passing upside. Otherwise, to me, Jalen Hurts would be because of all the rushing that he he's going to do if he does it right. They're going to – yeah. So, And I think one of the things with, with Dallas, and, I, and it just came to me now um, – that I think if they can get some consistency right out the gate, they are going to get back to the team that was having fun when they were winning, mm-hmm. getting creative, getting some, you know, some trick plays in there and just the whole team just gelling together and having fun and, um, you know, enjoying the season as, a, as, as opposed to the last couple of seasons where at times they look really frustrated um, with some of the personnel and the way team the, the way the team was was going, but uh, I think they'll 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 have really fun. They'll have a lot of fun this year and, and bounce back. So, okay. Uh, so we've got Prescott, Prescott, and Jalen Hurts. Now I get to pick running back, which to me this is the hardest out of all of them to pick. Yeah, and it comes down to either do you think Saquon comes back, or do you ride with Zeke? Because I don't think Miles Sanders or Antonio Gibson have an opportunity to surpass both of those if both of those guys have a chance to hit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm actually going to cross my fingers here. And I'm going to go Barkley. I want to go Zeke. Zeke is where I think my heart is at because I think he has the most realistic floor. And he's safer out of all of the four. But I think Barkley has the highest upside because if if things break the way they're supposed to, no pun intended, in in New York, uh, I think Barkley's a top five running back, if not top three. And if that happens, oh man, I want a piece. Yeah, I uh, I also went Barkley. Okay, um, and it was just strictly off of the stuff that I've I've read the last few weeks that he's ready about, and hungry. He's ready and hungry. And, you know, Juan made a really good point about Zeke earlier. I got my paycheck and I don't, I I wouldn't say he's mailing it in, but I think he, maybe that injury that he had took off a little bit of the psychology for him. I I think Mm -hmm. I, I, it was between for me, uh, Barkley Sanders and, uh, and Zeke and, uh, Zeke, the attitude kind of that he had after, like I said, he just seemed like he got paid and kind of was, eh, all right. Yeah. Kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Plus, I almost think that the fact that Tony Pollard did so good, I think Zeke uses Tony Pollard as a safety blanket. Yeah. And he's okay with allowing Tony Pollard to play because he's already getting his money. So what does it matter if Tony Pollard is out there putting, that, putting in work if he's mm. already getting paid? That hurts, man. That's a character flaw to me. Yeah, and, and yeah. I I think 
just from like the attitude that he's had about it. I, I don't know. I, it, I, that's kind of the vibe I get from him. But all right. uh, in, in all, my pick is going to be Barkley. I think Barkley has absolutely nothing to lose this year. I think he's going to go out and try and ball out, like I said earlier, and just show up and uh, hopefully, because, hey, it'll, it'll give me some really good, exciting giant games to watch then because yeah. I haven't had too much luck the last few years. So I completely forgot. I completely missed the opportunity to do some digs here that you are a Giants fan. Yeah. You are. That's right. That's, okay. That's well, hey. <laughs> Especially coming off the West Coast. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Everything I said earlier was honest about the uh, the Giants, um, yeah. because I wasn't I wasn't trying to play favorites here uh, with our special guest. Um, no, I, I I loved their draft, everything they did, and to me, it's going to come down to what uh, what Daniel Jones does. He's going to sink or swing swim that team. Okay, um, Juan, let's pick a receiver here, and then we'll go to Andrew. Receiver. I had. Was it? I think it was. I was sitting between AJ Brown and CD Lamb. Yeah. I think AJ Brown is still a question mark to me. I don't. How well is he really going to gel with Jalen Hurts, right? So I'm going to go with CD Lamb. I think CD Lamb has the opportunity, and he already has the connection that he showed last year with um, with Dak. With Dak. So I think that's where the upside's at in this at this okay. position in the division. And I, Andrew, I'm 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 on that same uh, same raft. Um, you know, it was it was real close, um, uh, but uh, my CD Lamb was was came out. Just I think he's just gonna again. That chemistry is there, and the confidence is there. My only fear is again, and I I, I see it about a lot of these young. Uh, wide receivers that are coming up don't get too cocky stay grounded um because if you do get too greedy you're gonna fall off there's something to be said about being being aggressive but there's a fine line because if you cross it you're you're hurting yourself and your team you stay you stay within the limits you find where that fine line is and you could walk it you feast Yes. And everyone loves you for it. A Randy Moss is a is a is a is a prime example of that. He walked it. He walked the walk, talked the talk, but and he delivered every time but, it came down he, to and, crunch. And, and that's exactly it. Yeah. It, it wasn't one of those things where, hey, you know what, that double team in me, and it's not fair, and blah blah blah. He dealt with the double teams, and he still caught the ball, yeah. and was still. And now he has this segment. You just got mossed. Exactly. Okay. Like you built a whole career off of, of doing you yes. over two defensive backs. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm also going CD Lamb because I want that Prescott stack. <laughs> I think that's that's going to be juicy uh, this year. Yeah. Now, Andrew, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it to you for the tight end. Sure. Where do you, where do you want to go this year for tight end? I, I you know what I got to go with the probably the most consistent one of the group with Goddard. Okay. I think he's going to be, um, you know, I had, I was looking at Schultz, um, but, you know, the whole contract bit and, um, 
him not showing up to to practices again and you guys have heard me say it in the past that's a big issue for you 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 it is you think that's you a, are that's a you issue. are a prof- you are a professional show up work let your contract do let your talent work your contract out so i i just think goddard will be the the guy okay i mean it, you know even in the league period I think Goddard is going to be a top five tight end this year. You you think there's enough of a passing pie in Philadelphia for Dallas Goddard to be a top five tight end? I, I think, and, I, and the reason I say that is it's not going to be the yards; it's going to be the touchdowns. He's Which going to you, be he's going to be a a safety outlet, I think, for Hertz. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't Hertz, think Hertz steals those touchdowns? They don't run those touchdowns that, in. That's why I say. That's why I said earlier, if he doesn't make some young quarterback um, crazy decisions, watch for your outlets. If they get free, feed them the ball. You'll get your praise anyway. But you know, share the wealth and keep everybody happy. It's not like Kyler Murray in. Arizona and that guy drives me nuts because a lot of times he'll pull the ball down too early and just take off running. And I think there's opportunity where, you know, check off to one of your safety valves and get the first down instead of the, the, you know, the 50 yard glory pass or the, the try to get the 20 yard run and get your, your legs blown out. Right. So I, I just think that there, yes, to answer your question, Mike, I think there is in in Philadelphia the opportunity for him to get some fantasy points, mostly off of the touchdowns. Okay. I'm, I'm choosing Dalton Schultz, and the only reason why I'm choosing Dalton Schultz is because Logan Thomas isn't going to be ready for a full season. Sure. I think Logan Thomas had a better per game average. Granted, it was with a different quarterback. But I think Logan Thomas might be the correct choice here. I think he might be the better tight end out of the the three that we are going to talk about. Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, Logan Thomas. I think he's the right choice. But reading his his bio, it doesn't sound like he's going to be ready for the beginning of the season. And if that's the case, that's an injury concern. I don't think there's enough enough issues here to hold him out for the whole season. But I'd love to choose Logan Thomas, but I'm going to choose Dalton Schultz just because he was a tight end three last year. I think the, the Cowboys are going to have a massive air attack this year because they're going to need to. They're, they're going to need to air out this ball. They're not going to be able to rely on the run extensively, and Dak Prescott loves throwing it. So Dalton Schultz is my number two. Logan Thomas, if he was going to play a full season, he'd be my one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the same. I'm going to go with Schultz just because – like we said, the Cowboys have the harder schedule. They're playing teams that love to run the score up. They love to run the score up. So in order for Dak to keep it fair and win these games, he's going to have to throw the ball, which means Dalton Short Schultz is going to go nuts. But in this podcast, doing this podcast right now, Logan Thomas did start sounding a lot better, especially yeah. when we talked about the fact that Carson Wentz likes to dump the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think uh, Logan Thomas. You could probably go get him for cheap right now. So he's owned by Labor Bus. 
if you guys want to go and, and take send a shot at Gabriel before he, he listens to the podcast, by all means. I was means, going to say his his stock probably just went through the roof. Yeah, um, with the three of us on the podcast, uh, I have taken my shot at Logan Thomas uh, yeah. to try and get him on my roster because I think he's going to be a really good tight end for the season. Okay, I'm in a guillotine league draft right now. It's 18 teams. I'm I'm in the 15 spot. He's on my tight end list because. Kelsey Waller Kittle and uh, Kelsey have all gone in the first two rounds. Oh yeah. Cause it's a, it's a positional advantage if you don't have to pay up to get a tight end. So now that those big guys are gone, I don't imagine uh, Hawkinson is going to make it back to me. Uh, I don't think Schultz is going to make it back to me. So I'm, I'm going to load up somewhere else and I'm going after Logan Thomas. He's going to be my late round tight end that I'm going to pick up. It might not be ready for week one. So I'll find somebody else to fill that gap. But I think when he's on the field, he's, he's going to give me that positional advantage. I ended up having a podcast mid season talking about how your Logan Thomas random pick all of a sudden paid off big. And- yeah. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> or, or, or got, <laughs> uh, got him next at the guillotine. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Two. You know what? That, that, that happens. I made it. Oh man. I did really good the, the last two years, but not enough to, to win the whole thing. Um, and it comes down to money management. If you were able to manage your money effectively and bid, I'm just too, I'm too coward on my bidding in the, for the first several weeks, I just didn't bid enough to go and get the players. So I always had a lot of money at the end and then I was buying players, but one guy always like, okay, you know what? I know you've got a lot of money. So I'll bid every dollar I've got to go and get this dude. And you didn't. And I made the mistake last season of not placing enough bids. We're like, Hey, look, uh, I'm going to bid on this guy, but if I don't get him, I'm not going to worry about picking anybody else up. Stupid me. It's like, no, always be filling your roster with good players because somebody's going to get hurt, suspended things are going to happen. All right. Uh, last but not least, Lee, we need to fill our flex spots. So, Juan, we are back to you. Kick it off. Who are you going to put in your flex? So, for me here, it was between A.J. Brown and Zeke. One of the two is going to put stuff in there. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Zeke. I see you typing in A.J. Yeah, I, I thought you were going, man. I was anticipating. <laughs> yeah, you went gonna... Zeke. Interesting. Okay. I, I think I'm going to go with Zeke just because I think you just get more points out of you're running back than you do a receiver most of the time. I mean, there's a guarantee that he's going to touch the ball. Whereas True enough. Brown, there isn't that guarantee. I, I don't see them running any kind of sweeps with him or anything like that. So, I mean, at least Zeke will touch the ball enough to put points in. And I think at a flex spot, that's what you need. You just need somebody to put something in there. No zeros. Yeah. You need not, not to get blanked out. Okay. Andrew, what do you got? Oh, Wow. <sighs> that 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 thought process is making me doubt you're second guessing yourself. Yes, I'm second guess because I have Brown as my as my flex because it was so close between him and CD Lamp. No, I'm gonna stay with Brown. Yeah. I gotta stay with Brown. I mean, I do have I to just, say Brown Brown does just because of the connection with Hertz. I that's yeah. why <laughs> I sat there where like, hey, maybe they might force him the ball or he might be Jalen Hurts kind of like go-to guy because hey i played with this guy i know this guy i can give him the ball and i know where to put the ball because i played catch with him in my backyard before and i know he likes the ball up and away or whatever you know right it's gonna be it's it it could be a burrows um chase situation could be same thing okay well i'm choosing aj brown 
just because I want that deep strike touchdown potential. Yeah. I don't think the the passing pie is going to be huge in Philadelphia, but I think AJ Brown will do well enough. He's going to be the wide receiver one on that team. Yeah. And he's going to get he's going to get enough work to I think be a top 12, top 15 wide receiver. Um which is great like, like that's 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 what you want. Yeah. Uh, so I, that's why I'm picking him here. I think I think Zeke plays more more one two punch with Tony Pollard than we might like this year. Yeah. I think Tony Pollard might be on the field way more than we expect, even on the third down situations where Zeke might get that one, two and then Tony Pollard's out or they might do alternating. I think what it'll come down to is how many yards they need on the third down. If it's only one or two, you'll see Zeke. Zeke. If it's, you know, four or five, you may see Pollard Pollard. come out of the backfield to catch Mm -hmm. the ball. Yeah. Pollard's a lot younger than Zeke too, isn't he? Yep. Uh, Two years. Two years in. Yeah. So I, I mean, they probably. And wasn't Pollard in with the Giants at one point? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, no, uh, he was he was drafted by by the Cowboys in 2019. Oh. He's had three years, so this is his last year, and then he becomes uh, a who free was, agent. Who, who was Barkley's backup that year? He got hurt. Um, because oh, he did really well. He did, yeah. and then they cut him. Booker. Devontae Booker. Oh. Devontae Booker from from the Broncos. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tony Pollard was drafted 2019 out of Memphis. Yeah, he went in the fourth round in our rookie draft that year. And he's done nothing but excel ever since then. And for all of you out there that that play in leagues that allow uh, special team points – Tony Pollard, your dude. Yes. That's the guy who does kick return, punt returns. He is a special teams freak. So not only does he get regular field touches, he gets special team touches. So he is valuable. He is another uh, guillotine asset of mine that I'm going to take around early because no one, no, well, maybe there might be a couple guys now that are a bit savvy to it. But yeah, no, he gets he gets twice as many points just because he's on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, uh, that brings our fantasy rosters to uh, my team looks like Prescott, Barkley, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, and A.J. Brown. Andrew, your team looks like Prescott, Barkley, CeeDee Lamb, Dallas Goddard, and A.J. Brown. And Juan, your team looks like Jalen Hurts, Barkley, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, and Zeke. So in other words, you live and die by the Cowboys, Mike. I, oh man, America's team. <laughs> I live and die by them Cowboys. <laughs> I uh, I do admit that I do like the Cowboys. Um, I haven't really gone wrong with them on my team. No. So they I haven't been hurt. I've been hurt by Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, hurts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I did draft. I not draft. I traded. Um, what the two hundred one last year. Uh, right at the trade deadline to get Jalen Hurts, and then that's when Jalen Hurts decided. You know what? Um, I'm gonna follow you, coach. I'm gonna do what you tell me to do, which was dumb. I'm gonna pass the ball instead of run it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. You're you're on a downward slide. I don't like it. I'm in the playoffs." Oh <laughs> uh, well. Okay. Well, hey, folks. Uh, that is it for this week. Uh, come back next week when we do the NFC South divisional breakdown with our new friend from outside the league, Evan, aka Eplow. He's gonna be joining us uh, to discuss that. 
But this week, uh, we're wrapping it up. Juan, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule, getting ready for a weekend away. Appreciate yep. you being here. I'll send the pictures of the beers. Awesome, oh, man. That, nice. is, that is a thing, right? When you guys go on vacations, it, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was Donnie who started it because every morning he ta- he wakes up and he starts a beer and he sends it out to us. So, like, wherever you go and you get a beer, you got to post it. Dang, I, I should have done that this weekend at, uh, yeah. from Wobbleman. You have to. Okay, guys, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast and you're in our league, in your inner league chat, you should be sending us pictures of you drinking whatever beverage, whether it's a beer, it's your spiked iced tea. Uh, heck, if you're just doing a single shot of whatever it is you're doing because you're at somebody's wedding, yeah. like if Bailey's you're away, coffee or whatever, yeah. yeah, just 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 send it to the group. We'll, we'll all cheers you from from afar. Yeah, that's my wife's favorite. We actually got her this. Uh, forgot something mocha or something like that, but it's a. Uh... The same old smoky, seventeen percent alcohol, and she's taking it to the cabin specifically for her coffee. So, nice. all right, enjoy, enjoy. Yeah. All right, folks, we'll stick to uh, stay tuned to us for next week when we come back again. We do another divisional breakdown. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Well, we don't have Instagram. I'm too old for that stuff. We tried. It was just it wasn't working. So <laughs> just stay away from that. I let you kids do it for you. Um, remember, from uh, one poor man to another, if it's not fun. It's not worth doing. Good night, everybody. Have a great night, everybody. Good night.